Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Sports opinions with a side of satire. We're the First and Tens, a weekly show delivering the spiciest opinions on football, life, and especially each other. And we can do that because we've been best friends for so long. I'm Amy. And I'm Jasmine. First and Tens will bring you sports from the female perspective while also injecting pop culture, fashion, and music into our daring dialogue. We're saucy, edgy, and most of all, we we think think we're we're funny funny AF. First and Tens, light on stats, heavy on sass. Follow us at firstandtenspodcast.com. Hey there, Fangirl Nation. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Get My Job podcast. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and today I am so excited to be joined by ESPN Senior Director of Programming and Acquisitions, Stephanie Holmes. Stephanie talks about the important difference between confidence and arrogance, the importance of flexibility when working in sports, and learning how to give constructive feedback. She also shares the decisions behind programming with the goal of always serving the viewer. Prepare for a pretty awesome episode. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. Enjoy, fangirls. Stephanie, thank you so much for joining me today for Get My Job. This is such a wonderful honor. I'm I'm really looking forward to talking to you. I've uh, I'm I'm a fan. I've been listening to the the other uh, podcast that you've been doing, and and this is terrific. So I really appreciate you asking me to join. Oh, fantastic! That makes me so happy. Well, it is a pleasure to have you, and I am excited to learn more about what you do. Uh, the, if you've been listening, you know the reason we started Get My Job is because I want to give women who want to work in sports, women working in the sports industry, an idea of all the different types of jobs and opportunities there are in the world of sports. Uh, So I think what you do is incredibly interesting. So if you wouldn't mind, can we start by you just telling us a little bit about what your responsibilities entail? Um, Well, that's a great question because I think it changes daily. So I... um I am in the programming department of ESPN. I am uh, I'm in my 19th year at the company. I started wow. very young. I, I started very young. I was like 10. So <laughs> I want to make sure, you know, I, Obviously. I started very, yeah, of course. Um, and I'm part of the uh, strategy team, which is a, a team that oversees the scheduling and conditions and guidelines of all the linear networks. And we work closely with our digital team within programming. Um, and we we schedule the networks and we come up with um, different strategies based on everything that is happening uh, in the world of sports. Certainly a very different world right now than it has ever been and certainly been in my career, but certainly in my time at ESPN. So I work with that team and uh, we work across uh, all the different departments within, progr- uh, within uh, the company to ensure that you know, we, we put together the, the best TV schedule possible. 
So you said, obviously, it's different than it has ever been in your career. Can you talk a little bit of how you've had to adjust during COVID-19? By far, the flexibility and being um, being on top of opportunities. You know, when 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 the NF when the NBA went down um, and they canceled their season in March, we were not expecting it to be as uh, everything to end as quickly as it did, and. Um, it, it brought us to an opportunity to really look at our schedules and say, what, what can we do? What, what do we have? What do we have rights to? What is our, what is our production look like? Um, within programming, we went into our war room um, on our floor, which happened to be the last time that we as a programming department were all together in the same building. We've all been home since March. Um, and we sat in that room and we said, what are we going to do? Because we, that was at the time of the, um, of all the conference tournaments in basketball. So mm -hmm. we lost all those conference tournament games and we had, you know, we, we were in the middle of champ week and then we were going into, there was NBA and there were so many, so many different live events that had to be replaced because once the NBA canceled their season, everything else followed. So the flexibility and being able to think quickly and to be collaborative with um, all the different departments in our company uh, was was by far the most important thing that we needed to do at that moment and really think about what is beneficial, uh, what is interesting to the viewer, and also still telling our viewers what was going on and so that mm -hmm. they understood how what was happening in the world was also affecting the sports world. Uh, so it was, um, it was, it was something like we've never, I've never experienced before. And part of my job is is dealing with like guidelines and conditions. And so we can we can talk about that a little bit. Um, it, it's it's really thinking about what happens and then how to react. And that was a perfect scenario uh, that weekend in March where it was NBA is done. Now the conference tournaments are done. Now how are we going to fill the networks with content? So you said like we could talk more about guidelines and conditions. <laughs> Let's do yes. that because I'm not sure right. that everybody completely understands what that means and what goes into that. Absolutely. The, the best way I can explain it is if you are watching a game that is your, you know, and your favorite team is following that game and you're sitting down and you're getting ready, to watch your game, but the game before it isn't going to be done in time. Mm -hmm. Somebody makes the decision of what happens to your game. That That's the decision that I make with my colleagues. It is, what is the score? What is the inning or time? Or what are we going to do when this happens? And that's, that's what I do. So I watch games and I make plans and we make a ton of conditional we made like a ton of like different plans of maybe if this happens, what if this happens? What if there's weather? What if the game's a blowout and it's taking, you know, a half hour longer than it needs that we scheduled it to be? What happens? And that is where I step in and I say, this is what we're going to do. And we put together plans um, for all the domestic networks. And we say, if this if this particular situation happens, then this will happen. And it's helpful in uh, for all the different groups that need to move the games around. It's helpful for the 
remote to understand what could happen to their shows, what it's going to look like. And then a lot of times there will be uh, situations where it, it's something completely unexpected. And then that's when I uh, work together with some of my colleagues and within programming and production and we make you know on the fly decisions to you know be, try to best serve the 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 um the viewer and i think it's really important to keep that piece in mind like the decisions we make are to serve the viewer unfortunately there's always going to be a viewer who feels like it, we didn't do that job but that mm -hmm. is my number one goal is how do we best serve as many viewers as we can and then how do we communicate to them where they're going to find their game because when when you want to see your game you want to see your game and you don't care right. that the game before it is taking forever you you want to see your game so what's the best decision let's uh let's put that plan in place let's implement that and then communicate to the viewers where they can find what they're looking for so this might be a silly question, but it's kind of something I'm totally wondering now, so I'm going to go ahead and ask <laughs> it. You said that you put a number of plans in place, but then something sometimes will happen and that will change the plan. So how much of it is like we have our plan in place, if this happens, this is what we're going to do, and that's that, and how much of it is you having to watch every game <laughs> and see what happens or around the seventh inning of a baseball game it's taking longer. Does someone call you and say, hey, Stephanie, you know, here's what it looks like is going to happen. Can you help us out? And it might be a silly question, but I, I'm curious about that. No, no, not at all. It's all of the above. So we uh, we look at the we look at the schedules and we identify the what we you know, the hot spots of games going into games. And we we put a plan in place. And a lot of the plans are are pretty straightforward um, and, and pretty uh, routine for us. Then there are plans that we put into place where we think things are going to potentially happen. Potential weather, you know, where we have conversations about, hey, you know, there's a there's a potential storm that's that's coming in. And that's where I start thinking about, okay, a storm, what time? What are we, where are we? What what networks do we have available? What network is it on? Because it it does change a little bit based on networks. Uh, if a game's on ABC as opposed to a game being on ESPN. And then mm -hmm. there's some stuff that we never anticipate happening. Uh, I'm going to use the, you know, the Kobe Bryant plane crash. N obviously, breaking news, major breaking news, never anticipated something like that. And then that is a very much a on-the-fly conversations, talking to my bosses, talking to production, talking to the people who are talking to the NFL because that happened, all of that happened and we were actually in the NFL Pro Bowl at the time on both mm -hmm. ABC and ESPN. So what do we do? Um, those are the more um, challenging ones because you are absolutely doing things on the fly, having a lot of conversations. I've had multiple phones going with email going. Um, so, you know, it's it's a combination of all of those things. And then there's a lot of times where you, we'll get a phone call and say, hey, we're only in the sixth inning and we're supposed to be done by X time and, and we're nowhere going to be done. So what do you want us to start thinking about? So it's all of those things. Um, and it is some of them are really routine and some of them are, are extremely challenging. Um, and, you know, you sometimes you have to actually think about the fact that um, there's a possibility that it's not going to be 
Uh, it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be perfect. Um, but we have to make sure that we are executing and delivering uh, what the what the what the viewers are looking for, or delivering the information in the Kobe Bryant case. So, in the wake of what you just said, and this is something we talk a lot about on this podcast, I have a, a two part question. One being, just how important is it to be flexible and, and ready to pivot in the world of sports? Because I think it's something that for people who are first starting out and are so excited to work in sports, maybe don't fully think through, it is sports, things can change on a dime. So how important is that to be flexible and ready? And then when there is breaking news, how important is it to just kind of get it out there, even like you said, even if it's not as pretty as you want it to look, how important is it to make sure the viewers getting all the information they need as quickly as possible? Flexibility is key. And I would say flexibility is one of the things that um, has been key throughout my career. I started out as a, as a production assistant behind the scenes working audio and Chiron and, you know, doing the graphics. And, and, and then I worked my way through local um, before ending up at ESPN. And, and, and you have to be flexible because you don't, not everything is going to go as you anticipate it. And, and that's actually mm -hmm. a good thing because that's where you learn and that's where you are able to uh, get the most out of what you, what you want your career to be. If I wasn't flexible in any of the things that I do, I, I don't think I would have the opportunities that I've that I've been uh, that I've been afforded. Certainly because I've worked for them, but there's also sometimes there's I expected to go in this one you know in this one path, and then something happened where I wasn't expecting that particular opportunity. But you know the I I you know you you pivot and you completely move to go in that direction. So I, it's key. And it's certainly key when it comes to managing live sports because nothing goes as you at planet. Because if they did, you know, most of us wouldn't have a job. You know, it just, it, it, it's, <laughs> you know, it's just, it, it's just not, that's not how it goes. And in terms of, you know, breaking news, we have the most amazing uh, people on our production side uh, and in our operational side where, when, when things happen, it is a such a collaborative, you know, we always say ESPN is at its best when there's, when it's a big, something big is happening because everybody comes together and does everything they can to, to make it right. And to, not to be, you know, we don't have to be first. You want to, you, and this is across the board, whether it's ESPN mm -hmm. or any of the places that I work, you don't have to be first, you have to be right. And I remember yes. we had a lot of conversation before we even went on the air, whether or not what we were hearing was true, because you don't want to go on TV and say Kobe Bryant has died in a plane crash and then not be 100 percent, you know, 100 percent clear that that is what happened. So, mm -hmm. I, you know, we had amazing people on that day who we were having conversation that they were able to confirm the information. And then it was how do we do it? How, you know, are you ready? Or, and, and, and let's go. And it's, and it's that collaborative uh, environment that is allowing us to, you know, get the news out as fast as we can. And I think it, and actually, it, as I look back on it, it, it did look good and it did feel good. But you also want to make sure that you are having those conversations before you actually go into it because you, you don't want to make a mistake there. But 
across the board, flexibility is one of the most important things that you can have. And as you're even in whatever career that people take on, you have to be flexible to understand that things will change and it may make you uncomfortable to start, but at the end, you'll be better for it. And I, I really want to go back to what you said, how it's more important to be right than first. And that is why I asked that question, especially for you who is working at ESPN, which is, of course, you know the pinnacle of sports news. And I think too often with the world of social media and the 24-hour news cycle and essentially the instant gratification, people will just throw things out there before they know they're right because they just want to be first and they would rather say they're sorry. But I think it's just so important. And I want to drive that home to our listeners who want to work in any area of sports, especially sports journalism. It is more important to be right than first. Uh, A colleague of mine, Matt Mayoko, tweeted not that long ago that um, I think it was something along the I'm going to mess up the tweet. So sorry, Matt Mayoko. But it was something along the lines of this. If your mother tells, if my mother tells me my name is Tracy, I still need to get another source. And (laughs) that's, I definitely messed up what his tweet was, but that's the general idea of it. And I just think that's so important. And so I'm glad that you said that. And I just want to take a second to really drive that home because like I said, in the world we live in today, that's not always what people think. And it's so important. And it might feel like it starts with a little thing, but if you get used to doing that, that becomes how you report news and that's not okay. Absolutely. My, I was a production assistant to start in a local NBC affiliate in upstate New York. And when I mean upstate, I mean like close to the Canadian border, you know, not okay. like Westchester because <laughs> there, you know, people will be like, Oh, upstate is Westchester. And it's like, no, no, no. Close to the Canadian border. I started at a small station. And um, when I finished being, <clears throat> I went from production assistant to, uh, I became a news producer and my first anchor who is you know, one, of, one of my mentors and, and one of my dear friends, my first anchor, uh, who, who was tasked with teaching me how to be a producer, and he was an accomplished anchor in his own right, you know, was, was adamant about making sure that it, it, was, it was right and it was accurate and fact-checking and making sure mm-hmm. that you were not implying anything with your words other than the facts. And that is, and that I've taken that with me for in every job that I've had that I want, that it's so important because it's part of your reputation, but it's also, Mm -hmm. and it it is, it is part of your responsibility and whatever you do to make sure that you are accurate and you are factual. And so that has been one of the things that I've, I've kept with him, kept with me. And uh, I, I can't thank him enough for some of the things that he has taught me, especially in that particular way, especially in the world that we're living in now, which is very different from when I first started. So thinking back from when you first started, can you think back on a criticism you received that while it was difficult at the time to take and maybe even upsetting, it really helped to shape who you are today? Oh, oh yeah. One of the, oh, <laughs> it, it's an interesting question because I feel like it is, uh, it, it was appropriate, um, but it also would be not something that normally that you would hear, I think most women would hear this criticism criticism and not think that it's a criticism but it was appropriate at the time where he said i i i was too aggressively bl- blunt and abrupt 
in some of my feedback or in some of my interactions with the people who I was working with. And you could look at that and say, well, you wouldn't say that to a man. You, you mm-hmm. know, no one would ever say that to a man. But now looking back on it, he was right. It, it, was the de- it was the way that I delivered the message. And I think it's been really, it's really important that you can be passionate. And I am certainly passionate about the, what I do. And there is a, in the moment of chaos, I, I definitely get an adrenaline rush of that producing and managing uh, what is happening on air. There is, an, there is absolutely an adrenaline rush there for me. So I'm extraordinarily passionate about what I do. But I, but at that time, I thought I had all the answers and I didn't. And how mm-hmm. I delivered that messaging was poor and it was abrupt and it was, and it was probably too blunt. And I think that over time, you hear yourself or you, re, like I, I do play, replay a lot of conversations in my head and I replayed it and I said, you know what, I could have delivered it in a better way that would have been more constructive still been able to prove my passion for what I was doing and still be able to get my ma- my message across, but in a way that made it more of a collaborative and not a, I'm scolding you for doing what you did. So that was, mm-hmm. and that took, that took a while. And, and I think that, you know, criticism is important if you, if you can take it and you can use it to your advantage. I think you have to hear it because not everybody is perfect and you will make mistakes and the mistakes are going to make you better. So you Mm -hmm. have to allow yourself to learn from that, but also understand that, you know, there's some criticism where, where, you know, depending on the source, maybe that's, maybe it's not the most important thing to you, but in this particular case, the, the individual told me this was correct. So today, what is one piece of advice you would give our listeners who are starting a career in sports? don't have your path set. Hmm. So w- when I started, as I said, I, I started as a production in- production assistant. I became a news producer before I became a sports producer. I never thought I was going to be a news producer. Never. My plan when I can't, got out of college was actually to be on air. And I hmm. uh, did a couple of resume tapes and I sent out probably a dozen of them and nothing ever came of that. And then I realized that I really wasn't meant to be on TV. And that was okay because there was other, other opportunities started to show themselves and becoming a news producer wasn't my, wasn't my end goal. I didn't come out of college thinking I was going to be a news producer. And actually there was an event that happened. It was, it was, um, it was an event in, at Columbine, the, the, the mass shooting at the school in Columbine, which, tr- immediately told me I was not meant to be a news producer because I couldn't mm-hmm. write those stories. It was, it, it, it was, it was too hard for me. And that was when I realized that I, I needed to, I needed to pivot and I needed to think about what, what I was good at and what I was interested in and passionate in. But if I hadn't been that news producer, I also wouldn't have learned about being correct in writing scripts and learning how to write and learning how to produce shows because ultimately that's a lot of what I do now is is not producing a show but it's producing the network it's moving things around in the network to make it look and feel right so if I had if I hadn't done the news I wouldn't have been able to do what I do now and so that was so important in my career as I look back now so the advice is 
learn as much as you can, touch as much as you can. Nothing is forever. You don't need to stay in one path. There's so many different opportunities in sports right now. It's not mm -hmm. a, I have to be on TV or I have to be, I have to be A, B or C. There's so many different th ways that you can work in sports and touch sports in both in media and, um, or otherwise. So it just don't be, don't be set. Learn. I like that. Yeah. Don't be set. Don't be so set. I think it's really important life advice too. Oh. And it goes back to what we talked about, about flexibility and pivoting and, and all of that. It's, it's, it's all part of it. I mean, I, and I've learned so many things from people who I never thought to spend time to talk to. And the other piece of advice is always be willing to buy someone a cup of coffee because, hmm. and ask them about their story. Because people have stories. There's so many different ways that people have gotten to where they are. So have the, have the courage to go up and say, can I have 15 minutes and buy you a cup of coffee? Because I really like to learn more about whatever it is that person does. I will never turn, A, I will never turn down a cup of coffee. My kids <laughs> will tell you. I will never turn down a cup of coffee. And I will, I am also a person who can drink coffee and go to bed an hour later and it's perfectly fine. Oh, that's amazing. Um, yeah, that's, and well, or, or I need to sleep more. I'm not sure which one <laughs> it is. Um, but the other thing is, is that people will like to share their stories. And one of the things that I really enjoy is sitting down and talking to anybody about what they're looking to do and having that 15 minutes, half hour, 45 minutes, whatever it is to sit down and listen to someone who says, this is what I want to do. How do I, how do, I do it? How did you do it? and be able to share that information. I, I, um, I, I think that is vitally important for anybody at any level is to be able to do that. Were you, did you do that in the beginning? Was there anybody? No, God, okay. no, gosh, no. I was scared to death, <laughs> scared to death. Um, I moved uh, after I became a news producer and I, I moved to Ohio uh, to become a okay. sports producer and I knew nobody there. And I uh, actually was, uh, at, I left my family who was all on the East Coast. I left um, who I was dating at the time, who is now my husband. Uh, he mm. was still at that station and I moved to Ohio. And the people that I met there helped, I had no choice but to do those things. I, I, I had no choice but to sit down and talk to people and learn their stories and have that those interactions because I was going completely out of my comfort zone. And while I was there for about a year and a half, the things that I learned there were amazing. Um, and that, uh, that helped move me back to the East Coast where ultimately my, my family is all based on the East Coast and then get to ESPN where, you know, over time you meet people and you just, you gain that confidence. And plus who doesn't like to sit down and, and, and talk about what, you know, the experiences that they had. So it's really mm -hmm. just putting that out there the first day and knowing that very rarely do people say no. I, I've, I can probably count on one hand when somebody has said, no, I, I don't have time to talk to you. Hmm. That's great. And you do make a good point. We do like to talk about our experiences and share our stories with people. So it is, it is a great opportunity for that. Absolutely. And that's, and that's the opening. And you, you say to somebody, you know, I, I, I read your bio or I checked you out on social, what, however you learn about somebody, 
can I have 15 minutes? Now, the follow-up though, is that when you get that 15 minutes, be prepared. You know, yes. know what you want to ask about, know what you want to learn about. Um, where it goes, where things go awry is when you call them up and when you get that time and you sit down in front of them and you say, okay, teach me something. And you look at them right. and you say, wait, what? No, right. you have to, have to be prepared and, and know what specifically you're looking for. When you see young women, uh, and it could actually doesn't have to be young women, it could be just people, young people uh, looking to get into the sports industry today, what is the number one misstep that you see people making? The people that I, I've interviewed a lot of people in the time that I've been at ESPN and the people who were diff, who I, I didn't see as being a good fit were the people who came in and felt that they knew it all. Mm-hmm. And they felt that when they came in that, you know, they had that, there's, there's a difference between confidence and arrogance. And mm-hmm. you can be confident in your abilities and your background and all of those things. But the arrogance piece of it makes it very difficult for someone to want to hire you. Um, and I feel like sometimes that is that is the expectation. There's also the expectation that if you've done your job for a year, you will be promoted. And that is a, that's a hard one too, because while we all want to be promoted, and that's that's why you you work for the recognition or the opportunity, or if that's financial or whatever the case is, it not all businesses work like that. So it's the there's there's a lot of different opportunities that you can look at when you when you go into an interview and 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 it's really important that I think that when you talk to anybody you make sure that you are um, that you understand what the what be confident in what you know but also make sure it doesn't come across as arrogance and I mm-hmm. think that I've had a lot of that um, in my time where it it really I I will. I will gravitate more towards the person who is eager and confident, but eager, eager to learn, eager, eager mm-hmm. to get their hands dirty, eager to do anything and not just to say, you know what, that's really, that's kind of beneath me. That's, mm-hmm. that's where it, that's, that's, a, that's troublesome to me. That is, that is troublesome. Um, I used to work for the mayor of DC in a in a different lifetime, um, between my two sports careers, and um, I was a cabinet member. And he had a person who was with him who kind of oversaw DC's broken into wards, mm-hmm. and she oversaw different parts of the ward. And he was doing a press conference, and he asked her if she could get him a tea at Starbucks, and she said no. That's not what I do. And um, I was a cabinet member and I was like, I'll get the tea because of course you'll get the tea. He's the mayor and you were and and, and also what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and it's just a really bad look. I mean, it's one thing to know your worth and to, as you say, have your confidence, but also you've got to also understand where you are and and how to be a team player in a lot of ways. And that to me was shocking. Yeah. I, I was just shocked yeah. that she would say that and she ended up quitting over it. And that's, you know, I just think people, you're not going to go far. You know, it's, there's a difference between knowing your worth and being obstinate just for the sake of it. Uh, absolutely. And I, and I will say that there will be people, uh, w- wonderful friends of mine who will say, you know, it's not, 
It's not the woman's job to get the tea. Um, from my perspective, you know, when I was that news producer for, for the anchor that was my mentor, I made coffee every night because I knew he liked having a cup of coffee on the set with him while he did his show. I made the worst coffee at that. It was a terrible <laughs> coffee maker. It was a terrible coffee maker. I'm, I'm going to blame it on the coffee maker because it, it was one of those old drip ones. It was, you know, and the, the water to coffee ratio was, was I, I, I just didn't know what I was doing at the time. Um, but I made it because I knew it was just part of his, uh, his routine. And it was something that helped him get ready for his show. And I saw my job as being not only helping to build the show and making sure that all the tapes were there because it was tape at the time, all the I'm really dating myself right now in this interview, but <laughs> it was all the tape at the time and, um, and everything was ready to go. But I also, from my perspective, I also felt like he was ready to go when he had his coffee and he always drank it. It was probably God awful but he always drank it because I saw that as being something that was important. And, and that became one of those things that for me as a producer, that was part, I felt that was part of my job to make sure that my, the anchors were ready to go. And I saw them as being my anchors. And, and, and I think that's really important. And even now it's, you know, it's going somewhere. Do you want a coffee? Do you need this? Do you mm -hmm. need that? I'm going to grab a water. Do you want water? You know, I, and I also think that's just, you know, part of being just common courtesy and being part of a team. You know, if my kids are asking me to get them something, then the answer is no, because they can get right. up and do it themselves. <laughs> right. But, you know, because they're very happy to sit on the couch and re read or whatever they're doing. But I, I just think it's important. And I also feel that, you know, you, in those moments, you, you have to decide whether it is you're just being you're being a team player because of the situation that you're in or if you're being. Right. If you're being taken advantage of and that, that those are decisions that you need to make daily. But I think it's important to always know that, you know, at, you're always being watched and you're always being, I won't say graded, but the, all these things are part of it. And it's just important to be part of a team. And if a boss or somebody asks you for something because they're about to go into something, it's not hard to help out. It's not. And to clarify with him, it happened to be two females there that day, but he asked everyone for tea. Oh, he asked men was, for tea. He asked women. You know, it didn't, yeah. it didn't matter. It happened to be who was there that day. Um, and I, so, and it just, it, I think you make a really good point. You have the mayor of Washington, D.C., and he's about to do a press conference and he would like some tea because yeah. his throat, you know what I mean? Like it's just, sure. this isn't. So, um, you know, I think, I think that these things are are really important. And they so I'm glad that, that we talked about that. Yes. So before we go to five fun facts, which I love because they're fun, um, I would love if you could take us through a day in the life of Stephanie Holmes. And I would imagine it's changed dramatically in the last several months. Um, so actually when people, we talk about this the last few months on this podcast, it's kind of, you know, even more interesting because we've all had to, as we talked about before, be flexible and pivot and things have changed. So if you wouldn't mind, I'd love to kind of hear what your days look like. My, my day pre COVID, um, uh, mm -hmm. was, um, I have three children, um, 11, 10 and eight who all have very different activities and interests um, so my day would be getting up and 
knowing what my schedule is, what their schedule is. Uh, mm -hmm. Two are in the same school. One is in a different school. So what is their schedule? What do they have after school? Uh, and where my husband is, because my husband um, also travels for ESPN. He uh, works um, he works in production as a camera man for games. So he travels okay. quite a bit. Um, so where is, you know, where is he? And a lot of times it's, he's traveling. So the responsibilities of getting the kids to their activities or home from school, or if they have whatever they have, that's part of the management of my day and the schedule of my day. And I'm, I'm very fortunate because I have, uh, wonderful bosses who are very supportive of what they, what they call my crazy lifestyle. But, you know, <laughs> they also understand that, you know, I don't need to be sitting in my office to get my job done. I get my job done whenever I need to. Uh, and and I'm always available and doing what I need to do. So they are amazing at uh, being flexible with what I'm trying to accomplish. So it is managing their schedules. It is then going um, and going to work and then coming home and then taking them wherever they need to be. Now, it, and then at night, I would log back on and I would work. And I would watch our events. You know, most people would say to me, oh, you know, what are you, what are you streaming now? What are you watching now? And I can mm -hmm. tell you, I haven't, I, I'm so bad at this. This is so awful. But I, I actually don't, I haven't seen a lot uh, because I watch our events. I watch mm -hmm. ESPN. Yeah, I have it on the background. And then if I'm, if it, if, if an off time, I, I watch HGTV because I'd like to believe that I could be a house renovator. And I really oh, can't, that's fair. but I would, <laughs> I would love to in my next life. I'm going to do that. Um, fair enough. <laughs> so, so it, it, it's that, um, now it's different because the kids are home, um, from school, they'll be home doing a hybrid learning. Um, and it's really being flexible about how to schedule the network. So as we're recording right now, college football, um, it are making are making some decisions. You know, the Big mm -hmm. Ten and the Pac-12 have just decided that they are going to postpone their college football and fall seasons, potentially to the spring. And so, what we are doing now is, what do we do? Um, we've already mm -hmm. started that process, so it's a lot of conversations, it's a lot of communication to all the different groups in our department. Uh, not only just uh, not in our department, but across the company as well, and and talking about. Where do we fill the holes? How do we fill the holes? Um, and uh, what makes what makes the most sense? I also oversee um, ESPN's uh, relationship with ABC, um, mm -hmm. so I'm working with our ABC partners to fill our windows on ABC on Saturdays, um, hopefully with live events. But it's also understanding like what 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 does that mean? What live events are available? So it's a lot of it is being flexible. A lot of it is trying to find a place in the house where you can work, where you know kids aren't running around, and my husband's being home now as he's uh, not currently actively working. Um, so it's it, it's very different, and and the day requires a lot of flexibility and and a little bit of pre-planning, and um, you know making sure everybody actually eats a meal. Um, but you know it's <laughs> it has been. Um, I, I, I the good news is I'm a planner. I like having a, a plan in my head. Yes, it will deviate, but it's uh, but at least having a base plan going in has been extraordinarily helpful to me. And just um, and making sure that you know the the priorities 
each day's priorities, whatever those may be, and they change daily. Um, and that kind of leads into the whole work-life balance conversation, which which I don't think it's a it's a ba- a word of balance. It's a it's prioritizing it daily based on what you have going on. Um, mm-hmm. And so that is, you know, that's kind of how my days go. Um, and some days the whole entire plan blows up and you just throw up your hands and you say, well, it is what it is uh, and, it, and it'll be better tomorrow or I'll take care of that later or I'll, 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 I'll get, I'll get it. I'll get it done. It may not be exactly when I thought I was going to get it done, but I'll get it done. Awesome. And I really like that, that it's not necessarily balanced, but prioritizing what you need to do that day. And that's come up in a couple of other episodes. And I just think it's so important for men, women, moms, not moms, dads, not dads, but generally you can't balance everything every day, but you can prioritize. And I I think that's an important distinction. Yeah. Balance is a tough word because you will immediately assume, and I'm sure other people have said this, balance is assuming 50-50. And it's not mm-hmm. 50-50. It's never going to be 50-50 because it's, it's all based on where what the priority of the day is. And I think that as long as you have an open conversation with your manager as best you can to, for them to understand what you're going through, I have always been so incredibly lucky to have bosses that have been extremely understanding of hey, I have a meeting for my child for this. I have to work from home. I have to be here. You know, I've never, ever had a problem of them saying, no, you can't do that. Um, Mm -hmm. They've always been remarkably uh, supportive. And even now you do Zoom calls and people's kids are popping their heads in or their dogs or their cats or whatever. It doesn't have to be parents to, to children. It's, you know, dog parents or cat parents or whatever the case is. Um, you know, we have people walking through, I, I, I was on a call last week and my youngest popped his head in and there was like 60 people on the call and, and he, but he only saw nine. So he thought it was only nine people. And I was like, yeah, actually that was about 60. So, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, it's just, it, it, there's no balance. It, it is just prioritize what you need to prioritize and, and make sure you are open. And people who work for me, I tell them the same. I don't, it does not matter to me where you're sitting. If I can help you, if you're going through something and I can help, please let me know. But if not, I expect that you'll get your work done. And if you don't get it done right at that moment, you'll tell me what's going on and what I can do to help and when you're going to have it done. And that's the most important thing. It's a mutual respect to it. That's fantastic. And I think that's so important, especially in today's day and age. And I think that attitude probably made it a lot easier to pivot during a time when everybody's working from home. Um, and so having that understanding and that respect is, is so important. So and thank humor. you for sharing that. Humor, 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 yes. humor, humor. Like I, I, my, I am, I am big on the sarcasm, but I also mm-hmm. think that it, you have to find moments of humor and, and, and not saying that we should be laughing in, in the COVID world because what's going on is so, is tragic and and uh, un- the unknown is very difficult. But having those moments of levity and having those moments of, you know, where you can where you can laugh uh, with your colleagues helps tremendously as you as you try to work through all the different things that are happening uh, with both within the company and and in the world. I could not agree more. And with that in mind, 
It's time for five uh, fun facts. I love five fun is, facts. This is so great. Okay. It's my favorite. And I'm, if you've been listening, you know, we ask everybody the same five facts every week, the same five questions. Um, I actually had a couple of five fun facts this morning with a couple 49ers players on Zoom. So I'm getting all the fun facts today. It's really my favorite kind of day. Awesome. Um, so with that, we if you're ready, we'll rattle on through them. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. What is your favorite moment in sports? Uh, I have, I have several. It's, it's hard. Um, when I, being a mom, it, it was a Saturday where all of my kids scored in their, in their games. Uh, my oh, oldest awesome. is not a, my, 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 my middle child and my youngest child are very passionate about sports. My oldest is very passionate about books. He loves to okay. read. Um, and they were all playing on a Saturday and they all scored a basket. And it, for me in that moment, and especially with my oldest, who was after he scored, he was like cheering and running down the court and he was cheering for himself. And it just, as a mom in that one particular moment, that was, it, 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 it was the pinnacle of everything that he had been working on because sports are not as um, easy for him as it is for the other two. But the other two, you know, it was just a great Saturday where they all, they all scored a goal and they all felt that moment of success. And so it was, I was very, I, that was by far my favorite Saturday, but I, but being a, being a sports fan in of themselves, it was the two giants wins um, in the, in uh, early on in 1986 and, and 1991, watching the giants win in the Super Bowl. So, and, and, and of course, later on as well, when they, when they beat the Patriots, but like I, though that those moments, I remember watching with my dad when I was younger and my dad and I watching those games and, and feeling his passion for the game and, you know, the, the anticipation of how they were going to win. It was, those, those are, those are memories that I, they feel, I feel like they happened yesterday. Oh, that's awesome. Fantastic memories, especially the ones with your kids. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. But all of those and, and watching with your dad, that's, those are very special. What is your life motto? I have two. One, both I say to my children all the time. I tell them to be you because everybody else is taken. And I'm sure that's not new. I'm sure that there's a meme somewhere or something that says that. But I tell them all the time, be you because everybody else is taken. I think it's so vitally important mm-hmm. that they are whomever they are. And we will support them. Um, as I said, my oldest, just he loves to read books and he loves to talk about history and he's just, he will read anything that has words on it. And, you know, he at times feels a little bit sad that he's not as passionate about sports. And we just constantly remind him to be himself because everybody else is taken. He doesn't, he doesn't need to be anybody else. And the other one I say is happiness is a choice. And that came from my mom, um, where it, it's, it, you, you can choose, you can choose to be happy and not every day is going to be perfect with hearts and rainbows and unicorns, but you can choose to be happy. Um, and, and I think that if you change, if you use that mindset, it is, it will help you for the longevity of your life. Those are both fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. What is your go-to workout? Uh, it makes me laugh. I love, I love weight training. I love weights. I was a former basketball player in my, in my prior life. Um, and, um, so I love weights. And so I do a lot of the beach body weight workouts. Plus it's okay. also, it's really great to, um, to get the, 
you know, the adrenaline rush of uh, rush of lifting weights. But when I say like the Beachbody uh, brand, my kids laugh at me. They're like, "What is what is Beachbody?" And I'm like, "Never mind. I don't know. <laughs> just let it go. Let it go." That's awesome. <laughs> Mommy's I doing her it. best. <laughs> but yeah, so as I, we I, all I are. <laughs> yeah, I said, I said, "Look, I it, the fact that I got up and I did it at 5:30 this morning. Everybody should just like celebrate that right now." But that's what I I enjoy doing those. What is your go-to coffee order? I, I'm very boring. I will take any flavored coffee with cream and a little bit of sugar. I'm trying to cut back on the sugar. I used to drink coffee that was like a milkshake, you know, tons okay. of cream and tons of sugar, but I will take a flavored coffee with a little bit of cream and some sugar and I'm good to go. I've I'm trying to transition to um, Americana from Starbucks, and I do that occasionally uh, because ESPN has a Starbucks in, uh, within the campus. Um, so when you need when you need a good hit, that it's it's helpful that it's there. But very easy, flavor coffee, any flavor doesn't matter. Cream sugar, delicious. I actually I'm coffee with collagen powder and cream, so I get it. Super easy peasy. It's, you know what? I never knew collagen powder was going to be my best friend, but apparently it is. <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's really, it's good stuff. I mean, so they really, say. I, I don't know if it's working, but I'm still doing it every single day. Sometimes. Absolutely. Because because if some one person says there is, one person says, oh, you look whatever, you're like, it's working. It's worth it. It's the collagen. You know what? That's what someone yesterday said, your skin looks really good. I was like, oh, I'm not doing anything different, but I should have been like, oh, it's my collagen. Obviously it's my collagen powder, my coffee. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> and then last, but certainly not least, a book every woman should read. I, I loved um, the latest book I've read. And I, I like reading a lot of different things. And I have a stack of books next to my, my nightstand and my kids make fun of me. They're like, mom, when are you going to read those? I'm like, when you all graduate and get out of the house. Like that's when I'll get around <laughs> to reading them. Uh, I loved Girl, Watch Your, Wash Your Face by Rachel Hollis. There was, it was an easy read, but there was a lot of stuff that in there that spoke to me in that moment of, of time. When I first started managing people, I read one of Jack Welch's um, uh, management leadership books, which was really good at that, you know, at that moment, because throughout your career, how you manage and how you interact with people is going to change and evolve. And it's, I think it's really important to read a lot of different things and then just glean from each thing, you know, what really works for you and what speaks to you. But my fa my favorite, it was, it was, and it was such a super easy read was girl, wash your face. Fantastic. Stephanie, thank you so much for joining me today. This was a lot of fun. It's absolutely my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And I look forward to listening to all the, all the other folks that you get to bring on the podcast. This is such a wonderful thing for people uh, who are starting out. I, we didn't have this and I wish I, I wish we did um, because I think that uh, it, it would have opened my eyes to all the different opportunities in, in, within media, not just within sports, but within media itself. Well, fantastic. Thank you so much for saying that. I appreciate it. Um, and you guys don't forget to subscribe and leave a review wherever it is you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. And we'll talk to everybody next week. Bye, y'all.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.